Essential Self-Care Podcast, a podcast for those of us who are, let's face it, too busy for self-care. In this podcast, you will hear real-life stories from people who leaned into their self-care as they were navigating life's storms. You'll learn practical tips, tools, and strategies to incorporate self-care into your own busy life as well. You'll hear from expert guests sharing their expertise on specific tools and modalities of self-care to optimize your well-being in your life, career, and relationships. I'm your host, Dr. Sheetal Ajmani. I am a physician, best-selling author, and founder of Radiant Living Institute, where I guide high-achieving women to get unstuck and learn to live radiantly again through major life transitions. Quick disclaimer before we dive into the episode, please know that this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not medical advice. Always seek the advice of your own health practitioner or mental health provider for your specific situation. Now, let's get started. So excited today to introduce our guest, Greg Tomchik, to the Essential Self-Care Podcast. Um, I had the opportunity to be a guest on Greg's podcast recently, and we had such a great conversation. We've been chatting before we started this recording, too, and I'm so excited where this conversation is going to go. Um, briefly, Greg Tomchik is a professional baseball player turned cybersecurity coach, founder and CEO of Valor Cybersecurity, helping small to medium-sized businesses with their cybersecurity needs. And he is also the host of the Connected Mindset Live podcast. Welcome to the Essential Self-Care podcast, Greg. Shital, so excited to be here with you and looking forward to diving in. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited to learn more about your self-care journey and story today. So can you tell us about a time in your life where self-care became no longer an option, but an absolute priority for you? And most importantly, what sort of specific tools did you lean into at that time? Yeah, I think self-care is definitely a journey like you talk about uh, here on the podcast, which I love. I've checked out multiple episodes and just love the way you're approaching this topic in such a transferable way to people. So I want to uh, recognize you there and, and give you that um, acknowledgement for a subject that's relatively complex. So my self-care journey really has kind of three you know, main milestones that I look at. The first one was when I was 20 years old, I lost my younger sister. Um, and that grief that I had to go through in order to think about how to live life without um, somebody beside you that you had for that long period of time. Um, the second one was transitioning out of professional baseball. I was such a person that was identified by a, a being a professional athlete and being that athlete who you know took care of themselves and did the right things and had the right people around them to help you know coach them through those different ups and downs. Um, and when you get out of a environment like that, you're kind of alone, you're separated, you're in an, an environment where nobody's telling you what to do. You don't have that drill sergeant. I grew up in a military family, so you always had somebody kind of telling you what to do and how you should live your life. Um, so that was a big transition. And then um, the third one, which I'm really going through as we speak today, is running a small company and building something from scratch and you know, being able to really learn myself to be able to put those values that I'm instilling and trying to continually instill um, into the company, into the people that are part of that organization so that we can better serve the people around us. 
Um, so those are really the three pillars of my self-care journey. Um, I just want to put a warning label that it, it, it doesn't stop. It's mm-hmm. one of those things that just like healthcare, it's a continual process that you have to evolve and you have to continually improve. Um, the tools I've found. I think um, I just want to stop there just for a moment, just to point out and and just to thank you for sharing those three moments and challenging situations in your life um, to really highlight what you just said, that it is a journey, that it never stops, that there's continually challenges in different ways, shapes, and forms that come into our life. Um, I truly believe, and one thing that I always say is that life's challenges are the greatest catalyst for self-empowerment, that each of these give us opportunities to dive deeper into, dive deeper and also to dive into different dimensions of our healing journey, self-care, of understanding ourselves better. And, you know, you just highlighted, you know, three very different situations that were part of your journey, the loss of a loved one, transitioning from your professional career, and now starting your own business. So, you know, these challenges come to us in different dimensions in our life and in different ways, shapes, and forms, but all, I believe, to help us grow and learn and understand ourselves better. So, so what, um, what were some of the tools, you know, I know those were three very different situations that you described. What were some of the tools, and, and you can kind of go through maybe one by one, or just maybe even some overarching sort of tools and principles that have served you along the way on your journey? Yeah, uh, definitely exercise. As an athlete, you use exercise, and it's kind of like I used to let my emotions out through my feet. So I used to run a lot, um, you know, do weightlifting and things of that nature. And and what I realized is I was almost stuffing things down more mm. um, and just using exercise as a way to numb it or to get through it. Um, obviously, you know, we use food, we use alcohol, things of that nature to further numb it. A lot of the folks that I've seen both in the business community as well as getting out of athletics and also going through grief. So I kind of think about these three phases and in that clear way, um, they use substances like food um, and like alcohol to really numb through it. And then they're just turning a blind eye to it. So, you know, after I got out of baseball, I saw that I started to participate in it and I realized that's not who I wanted to be. Um, So when I, when I got into my business, I was trying to find other ways to get through it. And it, it took a lot of pain in order for me to realize, you know, how do I consciously shape the way I'm feeling, the emotions that I'm having come up, and then the behaviors and the actions that I needed to take in order to get through it. And what I realized is a lot of us think about, we have to, you know, feel something, and then we have an emotion that comes up, which creates a thought, and then that thought creates a behavior. But what I quickly realized was I had to completely shift that. So I had to start doing the behaviors that were going to allow me to shape my my feelings and my emotions, and then those are going to create the thoughts. So I had to kind of completely Mm -hmm. shift the whole model and just start to do the behaviors that were going to get me closer to the feelings that I wanted, to the thoughts that I wanted, Mm -hmm. to the emotions that I wanted to have. Um, so I think that was critical. And from a behavior standpoint, I think about just waking up and walking outside, mm. um, what I put in my body. Um, a lot of us live our lives based on willpower. So we have this this task list, this to-do list, um, and we think that that's going to help you know, get us through when the tough hits. 
-hmm. when we, you know, want that cheeseburger or we want to go, you know, hang out with our friends and, you know, drink a whole bottle of X, Y, Z, um, that willpower doesn't last when the, when the negative hits, when the darkness hits. Um, and then we just become pulled by willpower. And I realized that that's what was happening in my life where I was trying to run my business based off of the willpower to feel good. And I realized that in a, in a business, there's a lot of negativity. 75% of the time you're failing mm -hmm. if, you know, if you're lucky. And then the other 25 is positive. And I wasn't able to enjoy the positive because the negatives were um, consuming me because I was, you know, trying to use willpower behaviors mm -hmm. in order to improve through that. And once I was able to consciously think about what system I wanted to live based off of, and I call it my life map, but the, the behaviors I want to have each day are my uncompromisables. Mm -hmm. So I, I do those behaviors every day, whether it's a good or a bad day. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I can say, you know, I accomplished those behaviors specifically. Mm -hmm. Maybe those aren't what, you know, the, the business, um, you know, from the outside needed to accomplish what I know that I accomplished what I needed to. And most of those, you know, half of those are business, half of those are personal. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it all starts internally. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and that's a, that's an important place to start for anybody. Yeah. You just shared so much, so many powerful pieces that I want to unpack some of them here. First of all, I love that you pointed out that you used to, your go-to used to be exercise, which is really powerful. And, and, and I will say, you know, one thing that I love, I read this in a book called the body keeps the score is that the word e emotion comes from emo ver, which means to move out. So emotions are not meant to stay stuck in your body. They are meant to move out. So movement is, is a really powerful piece, but I love that you pointed out that for you, you started to realize that you were using that as another modality to kind of numb out actually feeling. And I think that's just such a powerful message. And I can say even for myself, and this is something that I've realized even just over the past couple of months, you know, I always say that self-care and our self-care, like we talked about, it's a journey and it's not going to always look the exact same during different seasons in our life. And so even for me, there's so much I do for self-care, so many tools, so many practices that I lean into. But over the past couple of months, just kind of worth where where I am in my life right now, I started to realize I needed something a little bit different too. And I started to realize that maybe some of the self-care tools that I were using, even though in the grand scheme of things are healthy coping mechanisms, some of them were also uh, limiting me from actually feeling the things that I needed to feel and exploring some of those things deeper on a deeper level. So it's all a spectrum, though, you know, like I think definitely moving towards some of those healthier coping mechanisms is a start. And then also, you know, on another layer, kind of seeing, okay, this is helping, but, um, and this is sort of a healthier coping mechanism. Uh, but then we can even look in deeper layers also of like, okay, now what's underneath that, right? Um, so I love that you pointed that out because I feel like I myself, even with all, you know, two decades worth of building these self-care tools and working on this, found myself in a similar situation even just a couple months ago. Um, so I think that that was really powerful. And then I also loved how you mentioned that sort of mindset shift of looking at your behaviors, your habits, your routines, right, as a way to ultimately affect your your 
thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, right? Which is really neat. Um, in Ayurveda, so, you know, I've studied Ayurveda as well, the ancient medical system of, of India, there's a word called dinacharya, which basically means daily habits and routines. And it's a big part of Ayurveda. And it's all about... Um, cultivating those daily habits and routines in your life that are going to really help you feel your best and and optimize your strengths as well. And that that looks different for each of us too. And it also looks different during different seasons in our life. And a big part of it and something that we were talking about a little bit before we started the recording, a big part of that is also aligning some of those routines and rhythms with nature's rhythms because ultimately we're all connected. Um, with nature herself. So uh, so I love that you brought up all those points, I think really powerful pieces in, in all of that. Um, so you started to share some of some of those daily habits and routines. Can you share a little bit more about maybe just some of them that you have found most helpful right now? Just because I wonder if, if for our listeners, it might be helpful just to have some examples. And like I said, it's different for everybody, but sometimes just kind of hearing some examples can be helpful. So you mentioned one you mentioned was like waking up and getting outside, going for a walk outside, which I think is really powerful. That's something actually, interestingly, uh, that I've started to do more lately. Usually my morning routine has been um, meditating, prayer, journaling, planning out my day. And recently, like I just mentioned over the past couple of months, I found that I need to switch it up a little bit and going out for morning walks has been really great for me too, just to breathe in that fresh air. Um, just makes me feel so alive first thing in the morning. So, uh, but yeah, if you could share a few more of maybe your examples or reflections on that. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point that everything is not going to be relevant to every individual. So we really have to find what makes us feel good. And we have to try it in order to test if it's going to make us feel good. For me, it was making a delineation between a routine and a ritual. So I started to think about like, what are the daily routines that I want to have? What are the rituals that are going to help enhance those routines and help enhance you know, where I'm headed as a person, as an individual, as a leader? Um, and I started to realize, you know, rituals like going outside and just walking around, um, splashing my face with cold water and taking cold showers, things of that nature. Um, and and I tried these things, you know, I tried hot showers, I tried hot water, I tried, you know, going outside and jumping up and down, I tried journaling in the morning. And what I realized is, in my waking state, I needed to just get outside and connect with the rhythm of what was going on in the outdoors, whether it was raining outside, whether it was, you know, storming or it was cold or hot. Um, and that allowed my body to kind of adapt and kind of, I, I think about it as like clean my palate um, at, a, at a figurative level. Um, so I started to just divide up what were those routines that I needed to do, the, the normal routines, the eat breakfast, the drink water, the um, eat lunch, you know, you know, go to go to the office, things of that nature, but what rituals could support those routines being done at a heightened state or with a cleaner feeling. Mm -hmm. um, and when I made those delineations, I was able to really clarify what was best for my body. So it was, you know, walk outside, um, get some fresh air. Maybe it was jumping up and down, coming inside, drinking some water, you know, saying hi to my dog and making sure that she was well fed and um, taken care of. and and that allowed me to kind of start the vibrations of the day where I could start to, you know, write things down that I was thinking about. Or if I wasn't writing things, if I wasn't thinking about things, I didn't have to write anything down. Mm -hmm. So like starting to understand how my body worked and not forcing things. Yeah. 
Um, sometimes we have to force like, hey, I, I don't feel like going for a run, but I know that's a part of who I am, am desiring to be. And that's the willpower versus the system and mm-hmm. what I had to delineate between um, having set meals. So like, you know, I'm not a breakfast, lunch and dinner type person. Um, oftentimes I'll do a late breakfast and then do a dinner. So it was like trialing those different things mm-hmm. of maybe, you know, when I was playing baseball, it was five meals a day. So we were eating all the time mm-hmm. and snacking and things of that nature, which isn't a bad thing, but um, it would slow down the vibrations, the rhythm of my body. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to bring my best self to my business, I needed to have a high rhythm, a high energy. Mm-hmm. And if I was bogged down by food, I wasn't able to bring that and I wasn't able to bring a good energy. So just things of that nature, you know, eating clean food, knowing where the food came from. I realized, and we talked about this before the show, when I was just eating things and not questioning, and I'm an inquisitive person, when I wasn't questioning where it came from, that bled into the other things in my life mm-hmm. where I stopped questioning, is there a way for this process in the business to improve? Mm-hmm. And it started to dampen my inquisitive mind. Um, so just questioning what I was eating, where it came from allowed me to know what I was putting in my body, which increased that vibration, mm-hmm. which I think is amazing when you're able to get to that level. Yeah, I love that. Again, so much I want to reflect on with what you just shared there. One thing is just with the the last thing that you just shared there that came to my mind was there's this phrase uh, kind of in the, I don't know who I can attribute this to, or if there's even a person I can attribute this to, but there's this phrase in the personal development world that how you do kind of how you do anything is how you do everything. I think it's something like that, right? Like how you do one thing is how you do everything basically. And so um, that just came to my mind when you were describing like how you're becoming very inquisitive with your food and then realizing that that inquisitiveness and and really exploring that also translates to different things and how you're showing up in your business as well. And then another thing um, that came to mind that I really like that you emphasized was this idea of, yes, having these routines, having some of this this structure in your life and testing it out. One thing I always say is become a student of your own life. Like definitely like try things out on your own and see how they work for you because we are all individual unique beings. And this is something that I love about the system of Ayurveda is that it really truly recognizes and honors and acknowledges that. And so trying things out for yourself. And and that can be hard because I know sort of in pop pop media, social media culture, you know, they can talk about self-care as, as, okay, everyone should go do yoga or everyone should meditate or everyone should do such and such. But that's not necessarily true. And that's not necessarily the case. And sometimes it can be hard for us as individuals. And this is one reason that I, I do this show and have this podcast um, is, is to give yourself permission that how you practice self-care and what you need in any given moment is does not have to look like what someone else needs in their right in their life and their self-care journey and and then I also like that you brought up this point of of not necessarily being rigid so so often we talk about these routines which are so helpful these routines these rituals which are so helpful and I think remembering and I have definitely found myself lost in this in the past as well where I've gotten very rigid with some of those routines and rituals like this is what I need to do. And it's gotten very rigid, right? And so, and again, I think many of, of the listeners to this show can relate to this of kind of having that sort of like all or nothing mindset and, and being an achiever, right? And so, so then developing this rigidity around it. But I think remembering that these practices, these routines are meant to help us and serve us. And so if that means having some flexibility with it, 
of honoring your body, your mind, your emotions on any given day or what season in life you're in, what situation you're going through, um, and just honoring that and, and knowing that it's okay to have some flexibility and some adaptability with that as well. One question that came to mind for me uh, that I wanted to ask you, I'm curious in your mind, you mentioned this idea of routines and rituals, right? As kind of two separate things that are related and kind of go hand in hand, but there's definitely a distinction between those. And I'm curious for you, what is that distinction? Like what makes something a routine and what makes something a ritual? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm honestly still trying to differentiate exactly what falls on which sides. But right now, what I think about from a routine standpoint is things that I do every day that get me to a specific goal. So the the routines get me to the goal. The ritual supports me getting there. Mm -hmm. Um, It supports a healthy lifestyle. Sometimes a healthy lifestyle doesn't have a goal right? Mm-hmm. It's just maybe it's not to die or maybe it's to live to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the rituals that I have today, how I've divided them up, those rituals don't have goals, mm-hmm. but the routines get me to the goals. So maybe it's, um, you know, document a process for my business each day. Um, you know, go, go out and run, you know, one mile because I want to be able to run 10 miles in, in a year. Mm-hmm. So like the, the routines are a little bit more goal centric the rituals are more for self-care. They're Mm -hmm. more of the things of, you know, wash my face or Mm -hmm. um, stay hydrated. Mm -hmm. Um, Things that I know I need to do to feel good, Mm -hmm. but they're not a, they're not to serve a a self goal, I guess you could say. So that's how I'm dividing it up now. That may change in a couple of weeks where I'll have a clear delineation. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a goal oriented person. I want to achieve things. So I, I set those routines in order to achieve them you know, in a small way each and every day. But I know if I'm just routine oriented, which at one point I was where I was just going after what the goal was mm-hmm. and I was not doing the rituals I know I needed to do, which was not serving those routines. So it's the rituals is almost like the foundation that is supporting me to be able to continually do those routines. Because at the end of the day, I can make all the money, I can run all the miles, I can do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, if I don't have health mentally, physically, spiritually, all that doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And I'm going to take some time to reflect on this question as well that I just asked you of in my mind, you know, what and I invite our listeners to take some time to just reflect on that for themselves as well. Like, what is the difference between routine and ritual? And I love how you described it. And that makes sense, you know, kind of and kind of goes along the lines of of everything we've been talking about today, kind of those routines is is kind of sort of these external things that you're doing for these sort of almost external goals, whereas the ritual is more that sort of internal landscape supporting that, right? And that almost that that true essential self-care, right? Like, two people can, just as an example, two people can go out to a yoga class or two people can go to take a walk outside, but have a completely different experience with it, right? And one thing that kind of as I think about the difference of routine and ritual, again, just in this moment, just reflecting on this in this moment, is with rituals, what comes to mind to me is two things. One is your intention, like an intentionality. And that can also be related to something that's intangible. So again, for people like us who who 
are used to being so goal oriented. Sometimes that can be hard to wrap our minds around, but more of sort of this like intention, which can be maybe some sort of almost an intangible thing, right? Like feeling more happy or more peace or joy, right? But what is this intention? And then also the other thing I think of when I think of rituals is our senses, like bringing in our senses into the experience, which is also kind of this sort of intangible thing, right? That's not directly related to the goal. But again, going to that example of a walk, right? You can go for a walk and um, be completely distracted. Uh, in my neighborhood, there was this person who uh, I would see I would see him every day walking his dog and scrolling the phone, like never would look up, would never look up when I walked by or anyone else walked by, right? Constantly scrolling the phone, didn't even really look at his dog. Like, and I was just amazed. So that's an experience of going for a walk or an experience of going for the walk is really taking in your senses and like feeling the breeze against your skin and looking at the grass and the bushes and the flowers around you and taking in the scents and the smells and the sounds all around you, right? Um, so that's just kind of, for me, what, what comes to mind when I think of a, a difference between routine and ritual. But I think this is a great place to wrap up and and a great invitation for our listeners. And I would be really curious for our listeners, as you reflect on this question at home of what does this look like for you in terms of routines and rituals, I would love to hear from you. So definitely go to RadiantLivingInstitute.com, use the contact form, send us a message. Um, I'm going to ask Greg to share kind of ways you can get in touch with him because I'm sure he would love to hear from you as well. Um, so let's do that. Greg, how can people find out more about you, the work that you're doing, both within cybersecurity as well as your podcast, which is a really wonderful podcast and resource to our listeners as well? Yeah, you can check me out on LinkedIn, uh, linkedin.com slash greg-tomchick. Um, gregtomchick.com is my personal website. You can find all the business things that I do on there as well. Um, Valor Cybersecurity is valor-cybersecurity.com. Um, We're focused on bringing mindfulness to technology and how people navigate technology in today's connected world. And we discuss that through the show, Connected Mindset. Uh, one of the topics we're big on right now is the nervous system. We believe a lot of people's nervous systems are disrupted. And if, you know, there's things we share on there that can help your nervous system, then creating the show was was well worth it. And we're going to continue to have episodes. Um, Chital's been on and looking forward to having her on again in the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, definitely reach out. Um, that This is all about community and staying connected. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be on the show with you today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. The nervous system is a topic I'm really passionate about too. So I'm excited to have you on again and we can chat more about that as well. Um, I will drop the links to um, all of those places that you can connect with Greg in the show notes. So definitely check that out. Thank you again so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Essential Self-Care Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, leave a positive review, and share this episode with someone you know. And remember, your free guide, Six Simple Yet Powerful Steps to Create Your Radiant Life, is waiting for you at RadiantLivingInstitute.com. Download it today.